All right. Uh, welcome to the second episode of the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League podcast. Uh, I am Taylor. I am Evan. And we're back at you for uh, episode two. Nate Silver only gave us a 23% chance of coming back for episode two, but here we are. <laughs> wow, what a day to mention Nate Silver after I just rambled on and on about how I was so optimistic. Oh man, I'm going to be honest, I have econ politics muted at the moment just because it's all a little bit much. Uh, oh wow, So yeah. Anyway, mm. uh, we're not here to talk about politics, we're here to talk about fantasy premier league um but before much better than politics oh my gosh so much better uh how are you doing evan how are things going things are going well uh it's starting to cool off down here in houston texas so uh that's always good yeah how are you doing up in uh up in the pa yeah it's good um also starting to cool down it's uh starting to get into that gloomy winter season um where it's just kind of overcast all the time which is a little bit of a bummer but Mm. not too bad yeah. All right. Uh, well, we're here to talk about the one and only Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League. Um, Evan, do you want to give us a sense of the table at the moment, what things look like? Yeah, totally. Um, well, it might not be a surprise to anyone uh, listening if you've been following along, but uh, our our league leader is Jay Griffith, his team Lords of Soccer Ball. Um with a total of 458 points, still in a commanding lead. Um, in second, we have uh, Wyatt Keener's winner faces, um, over 100 points behind him at 355 points. Um, and then in third, a surprise jump, uh, Tim Griffith's Crumbs has uh, jumped all the way from sixth to third, um, with a monster game week, and he's got a total of 314 points. So he is uh, putting himself uh, in a good position to make some more more moves in the next couple weeks. Um, actually, what's interesting is um, the player in fourth is you, Taylor Hare, with uh, your team, Hugo Weaving Wood M, and you also have 314 points. So I thought it was interesting that, uh, that Tim rose above you for some reason and i wonder if that had to do with the game week points um just because he had more game week points and so he he took third place bumped you down to fourth um that bumped uh, william spicer's spice b duncan down to fifth he's got uh, 308 points so he is right um on the tail of you and tim it, all it all it takes is one um decent game week from him um, or a poor game week from you and Tim, and he'll jump right back up to third. Um, but then trailing at the bottom is me, Evanestus, with Ancelotti Antipasti. I have 282 points. Um, I'm I'm over 20 points away from uh, fifth place, so it's going to take a lot of work for me to, to make up this ground, especially if I want to win the league again. I'm going to go ahead and uh, just throw that out there. I did win the league last year, and I... Uh, I absolutely plan on winning it again this year. I'm just giving you all a head start. So um, there's that gauntlet thrown down. Anything else you want to add to that, Taylor? No, I think it's good that you mentioned that you won the league last year because that it, I don't think we mentioned that uh, in our first uh, our first episode. So Talk about narrative. Oh, my gosh. How the mighty <laughs> have fallen. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, it's, it's bad. Not yeah. a good start for me. Oh, well. 
Yeah, which is kind of interesting because of how good Everton's start has been. Those those fortunes have been inverse uh, so far. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little frustrating, but I mean, last year was kind of the opposite, you know, um, in the same way. In in a sense, I was I won the league, our mini league, but then also Everton were not great, and uh, so I don't know. You can have you can have one, but not the other. You can have your you can't have your cake and eat it too. So, in classic, what it is. In classic, can't, can't have style. your biscuits and eat and drink your tea. <laughs> <laughs> no way, go. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's uh, let's get into the to the teams. How about that? I am going to uh, start off as we did last week by talking about our very own uh, Lords of Soccer Ball. That is Jay Griffith, uh, Jerry Groff. Um, <laughs> And we've got all sorts of uh, AKAs going right now. Um, But I think a couple of things I want to say, first of all, uh, obviously Son and Kane's kind of uh, magical matchup continues. Um, I don't know how much more we need to say about them other than that. Did you see the video of Son asking Harry Kane if he got the assist? No, I didn't. It's amazing. I need to go back and watch that. It's like right after the goal. Son starts to celebrate, and Kane comes up to him and is like, "Did you get the assist?" And Kane's like, "Yes." And Son just like it, like loves it. I, know. I saw I saw someone tweet that, and I thought about watching it, but I was just in such a sour mood with this this weekend. I was like, after everything that happened, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, I don't want to watch something heartwarming. <laughs> From a person that has destroyed my fantasy team, but he's on, two he's on your fantasy team now. Yeah, but I didn't captain him, and apparently that's that's the that key sent me down. Oh so my gosh! Anyway, we'll get to that stuff later. Yeah, I, I that's am, great. I'm glad you brought that up. I am loving the contrast between just Sun's kind of uh, magical, like um, just like beautiful human being vibes, and Mourinho's just dourness, kind of being on the same team. That's such a nice contrast. Uh, a true yin and yang situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't want to talk too much about more about Kane and Son. Um, I want to kind of think about some of the other players that uh, Jay has on his team. And kind of if I use the example of Jay's like the leader in our Tour de France. And if Kane and Son are the two wheels that are driving that machine, I want to talk about the gears a little bit. Um, okay. <laughs> and I think a couple of gears are really interesting. First of all, um, I think Jay's, I mean, uh, mad respect to Jay for picking Zaha. I, and we'll talk about Zaha again, probably with Tim's team. As you know, I love Wilfred Zaha, but I, he's so inconsistent. And this year... I don't know if you felt this way going into the season, but um, he always seems to be in the shop window for another team and never seems to get a move that he wants. And so he goes through these periods of just not playing well, I think partially as a result of that. Um, and I thought this season was going to be one of those periods where you thought he was going to leave in the off season. He continues at Crystal Palace I thought it was going to be like a situation where he just kind of, um, you know, goes, screw this. I'm, I'm not dealing with Crystal Palace anymore, but apparently not. He's like, I mean, who would have thought continues to be a very, very good soccer player. Um, 
How do you feel about Wilfred Zaha? Because I, I just love watching the guy play. Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned uh, what he did last year when he was rumored to go to Arsenal or Everton. And even late in the window last year, we, we had some strong links to him that apparently really weren't that strong. But regardless, uh, he obviously wanted to go somewhere else. And he didn't even play the first game of the season, um, which was ironically against Everton, um, the team he was most linked to go with. And even like the, the next few weeks, he didn't play well. Um, and last season was all right. I think he finally came into, came into good form, but he was never, um, he was never on the same form as like maybe a couple seasons ago when he was like really, um, really playing for a move and, and wasn't so jaded, I guess. Um, but yeah, I kind of thought the same thing this year, but I think Zaha has been a great pick. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because, Jay, you really have struck gold with him. Um, he picked him up, it looks like, in game week three hmm. and only got one point from him. Um, and then even in game week four, only got two points from him. But he kept the faith and it's paid dividends because he's gotten nine and 13 points the last two game weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, he he's um, he's showing his form from maybe a couple seasons ago, two or three seasons ago, and um, I'm thinking about picking him up as well. So uh, I really like that pick. Zaha's been great. I think he's going to be a, a really good pick this totally. year. Totally. And it doesn't hurt that, I mean, in classic Crystal Palace fashion, they just don't have anyone else who seems to be able to score other than Wilfred Zaha. Um, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they still they still play Christian Benteke sometimes, which is like, if oh you, gosh, I mean, terrible. that's just like a level of desperation. But they, I mean, they've kind of solidified themselves as a lower mid-table team that seems to be able to hang around from season to season, which I'm pretty pleased by. Yeah, I like them. I like them for that. Um, yeah, they fit a ro- they definitely fit a role. Yeah. Totally. I, I don't love the Mitchell placement in the back. I mean, uh, I don't have a lot of suggestions other than that he has Dallas on the bench. I'm like, if I were in Jay's position, I might think about switching those two people out. Partially because I think in watch, like I've watched a lot of Leeds games this season. And Dallas sometimes like gets up kind of towards the, the uh, attacking area of the field, especially on some set pieces, um, I think you could unexpectedly get some uh, some production out of Dallas on from an offensive perspective on, like, the random week. Um, more so than I think you might be able to get from Mitchell. Um, so, Jay, I think maybe, just like in looking at your team and thinking about, other than Son and Kane, like, what are some places for improvement Um I, I might suggest putting Dallas in at the back, but that's just me. And you know I have like a proclivity towards Leeds, so maybe that's just my my love of Leeds showing. What do you think about Dallas and maybe Leeds in general, even? Yeah, I agree. I think I think you start Dallas in, in front of Mitchell. Um, Mitchell's a good player. I don't think you should ditch Mitchell at all. Mitchell is cheap. Um, if you started with him, you brought him in at 4.0, yeah. which is really good um to have as um kind of an enabler um having a 4.0 starter that can come off the bench and do something that's good i mean that's all you really need him for um unless crystal palace can show that they can really keep clean sheets 
I wouldn't start him. Um, and he's not very attacking either. Palace aren't going to do that. Um, and eventually, I think he will get dropped. I think is it. Um, I think uh, Patrick Van Anholt does he take Mitchell's position? Uh, I don't um, remember. So, anyway, um, yeah, definitely not one that I would. I have him as well, and I start him every now and then. But um, yeah, if you have someone like someone from Leeds, then I would probably start him from now on. Uh, yeah, Leeds. Leads show that they're just going to attack, um, and they're honestly pretty stout defensively too. Like they can they can get back. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a I think that's a good shout. Um, I do think that there's a couple of a couple of issues though. I mean, obviously with Luca Dean getting the mm-hmm. red card, that's that's some money right there that you got to transfer out. So um, just shoring up your defense in general, and what I might suggest is having um, three for sure starters, and then having two backups that um, you need. If it, like, just if in case someone gets hurt for a, a week or something, but I would probably try to transition to having if you want to keep James Justin from Leicester, have Leicester, Dallas, and then whoever replaces Dean be your three starters, and you don't you just don't have to worry about yeah. it. You don't have to worry about rotating. Um, just I, that's what I would do honestly. Um, and you've got some money in your defense that you can pull out and maybe upgrade. Um, Mape or someone else. So that's just something to look at. I would maybe solidify the defense and maybe get the best bang for your buck and move some money elsewhere. Totally. Did you, um, uh, speaking of other kind of semi-viral uh, YouTube, or not YouTube, uh, Premier League moments, uh, did you see when uh, Erling Holland like, asked for Dallas's uh, jersey after Norway played Ireland? Because apparently he <laughs> no. grew up in Leeds and is like a huge Leeds fan. Oh yeah, wow! He, like, no he way. He loves Dallas, apparently. <laughs> That's so <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, no, Leeds have been Leeds have been good. Um, I wish I had. I wish I knew of a particular player I wanted, but I really like watching them play. I've watched. Um, did you watch the? Was it Leeds Villa? Did yeah, you watch that game? Yeah. yeah, I had it on while I was working too. That was um, yeah, it was a pretty interesting game. Uh, yeah, and we'll get to talk about them more because uh, I think Tim has Patrick Bamford on his oh, team. Actually, yeah, we'll so, we'll come back to Leeds for sure. Part of part of his meteoric rise was due to that man. So, <laughs> oh man, wow, what a what a team, what a story for them so far right now, especially for him. So, totally, yeah, we'll come back. Is to there that. A, anything else you want to say to Jay or about Jay's team? I don't know. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's obviously working. I mean, you. I think he ended up going down in like an overall rank. But he's still at the very top of our league, um, and he had a good week. I, I mean, you can tidy up some things, but that's really all you need to do. Just you know, keep doing what you're doing, and um, yeah. I mean, if you're just going to keep captaining Son or Kane, then you're going to do well, apparently. And there's nothing wrong with that, I would say. Oh uh, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, a slip, a slip from 18th in the U.S. to 24th in the U.S. is not not much of a fall. <laughs> not much of a fall. So you're obviously doing something right, Jerry Groff. Jerry Groff. Uh, awesome, uh, Evan. Do you want to kind of talk a little bit about White's team? Yeah. So in second place, um, been holding second place down for probably the majority of the season um, at 355 points. Uh, this week had a total of 49 points. And uh, just to put that in perspective, the average was the average across all players was 48. Um, so not a bad, not a bad game week, um, considering, um, 
how you were placed up against the average. So did about what everyone else did. I think the the reason you had such a high score, Wyatt, was obviously with that Kane, I mean, uh, Sun captain. Um, got 22 points from that. So obviously that was the right move. Um, but then that was his only that was his only true return besides his double Southampton clean sheet, which 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 is great. I mean, anytime you can double up on a defense that's gonna get you a clean sheet, that's amazing. Um, so obviously if they're gonna continue that type of form and I think Southampton look really good. I don't know too yeah. much defensively how much I rely on them, but obviously that um, Walker Peters and McCarthy pairing that Wyatt has has proved um, fruitful this this week. Um, but I think Southampton look really good. What do you think? No, yeah. I didn't get to watch the game in real time, but um, yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised watching them and um, I I think Ralph Hasenhutl, their coach, has a lot of respect in the game as a coach who like actually coaches right and doesn't just like manage players um and so i think a lot of a lot of people are pretty like pleased that they're doing well partially because of that um so um yeah i mean good on them i don't know do we want to talk about the the everton game at all uh i didn't again i didn't watch it yeah i guess we could i I guess we could talk about them a little bit i mean now that we're talking about southampton um well First of all, we were missing Richarlison, um, huge attacking threat, and part of the reason Southampton were able to keep the clean sheet in the first place. Um, a little fact is that we have not since we since we bought Richarlison, Everton have not won a game when he hasn't played. Whoa! And he's only missed like six games, something like that. But we've either drawn or lost every game that he's been out. So obviously, he's a big, big. Um, factor in how we play now i thought we would still eke out a win um considering we have you know dcl up top in great form we had james play who was injured um and we had like a solid midfield um i thought we'd be fine but obviously that didn't that didn't work out too well um i don't know exactly where it went wrong i i do think though that the most impressive thing I saw from Southampton was probably Danny Ings and Che Adams. They they played very well um, up top. They were able to find space, especially on the side that we were missing Seamus Coleman. We had mm-hmm. our new defender come in and play because we don't have a right back right now. Right. And Danny Ings and Che Adams were kind of playing more towards that side, at least in the first half. They were able to receive the ball and then make a push. Like They were just fine in the space. They know they know how to they know how to work with each other and it's really showing um that they played a decent amount together last year and man they look they look good danny ings looks really great and i kind of wish i could bring him in he looks he looks i didn't think he'd be able to continue the form from last year but he's he's not stopped no he's like one of those players kind of like jd jamie vardy where i always just think like this is going to be the year where he is not going to play well he'll just because he's yeah it's he's not like purely defined by pace, but he's very pacey and kind of the way he moves around. He's the pitch. quick, yeah, yeah. And so like I always think that oh he's gonna like lose that step as he's getting older and just won't be able to produce. But continually, 
just has that kind of killer instinct for finding the back of the net. And then, yeah. as you said, Che Adams, a.k.a. young Troy Deeney, um, like, yeah, the, now that he's playing well, they're, they're a killer combo, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Um, and bringing it back to Wyatt's team, I think uh, Walker Peters, who Wyatt has, um, he gets he gets far forward, and you will probably get some assists from him every now and then. So especially with especially with Che and um, Danny Ings in the box, I think you'll you'll come across some uh, some attacking returns from him. So definitely worth holding on to, I think, especially if they're going to keep clean sheets and they can kind of tighten it up in the back. Um, and then McCarthy, he's cheap. I, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get clean sheets every now and then from him. But um, yeah, I like I like. I like those picks. Now, I think why it's a little bit um, hamstrung with some injuries and red cards um, yeah. with Anthony Martial and Van Dyke both out for they're both red flagged. So, yeah. Wyatt, I know you haven't made a transfer in a little bit, so I know you have two free transfers. I would immediately well, let me see when does. Yeah, Martial is suspended until November seventh, so he's definitely out this week, um, and then he'll come back the following week. So, do you want to hold on to him? I don't know. Man United look like trash, yeah. so <laughs> I honestly, if I, you had two free transfers, just rip out Martial and Van Dyke. Um, you don't, you don't need to. Honestly, I'd go with a cheap defender to replace Van Dyke, and then take Martial and you can bring in Salah, you can bring in Mane, you can bring in um, someone from Manchester City if you want. Uh, there's some there's some other um, there's some other big big league players that you could you could bring in. So that's kind of what I would suggest. You got any um, any critique for Wyatt's team? Um no, I was just going to say the same things like Obviously, the Van Dyke change needs to happen quick. Um, yeah, because you're losing was, value at this point. Yeah, um, and I think I like you. I would probably redistribute that the value from Van Dyke and possibly from Martial with. Um, I would first try to replace Mitrovic. Ooh, yeah. Um, because even though I think Fulham scored a goal against Crystal Palace, yeah, they scored one goal. Like that, they're just like not going to score many goals. And the chances that they fall to Mitrovic are kind of low, I would say. Um, yeah, they're not really looking good. I mean, I think that's a good. I think that's a good point because you have enough players to start, even with those two, even with those two red flags, and uh, looks like you have Burr from Wolves not playing. So, like, yeah, just bring in a couple of people, and uh, one of them, yeah, like you said, just um, find a cheap defender to go with for Van Dyke, and you can make some good moves for next week. I would honestly got a solid team i would maybe try to i don't know if you can do this but maybe upgrade upgrade mitrovich to kane um hmm. or maybe danny ings like we were talking about and go all in with southampton or um i don't know yeah that's a good shout but yeah i think i think a danny ings change would be just what would be the doctor ordered that would be fun but i would honestly if i was in wyatt's position anytime that i have like money that i can spend like if i'm downgrading some and I've got a solid like framework of a team. I usually, um, if I've got players in there already that are going to last, um, that I'm going to keep 
for a while for the next five, six game weeks for sure, then I would honestly just try to target the next game week or next two game weeks. Find someone that's got um, a really good fixture this week or next week. Um, and maybe it's somebody you want to captain. That way you can really get the most out of those transfers. Um, just something to think about. Yeah, I think that's totally valid. And I think that the idea of targeting fixtures, um, especially at this point in the season when things are pretty unpredictable and like no one knows who's good, uh, but we do know who's bad. Like we yeah, know a couple yeah. of teams who are bad. And that's so a good point. it's like we can think... I think that's one way to think about it is target the teams that are doing badly and um, and pick players who have fixtures coming up against them. That's That might be one way to go about it, yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, I think that's, uh, that's pretty much it on Wyatt's team. You want to um, get into, uh, <laughs> I guess, the, the biggest story of the, totally. of the week. Yeah, I, I think our, our biggest success story of the season so far is um, is got to be Tim Griffith with crumbs. I mean, 76 points on a a week where the average was, did you say the average was 49? 48. 48. Yeah. Um, just doing extremely well. It's nice to get a look at his team after um, seeing all the players that he picked up on the free hit last time. Now we get to really see, see what's going on, and it looks very good, at least right now. Um, uh, so just to kind of let everyone know who's Tim, who Tim's working with since we didn't get to run this down last time. He's got uh, Darlow between the sticks. Um, he's got Serge Aurier, um, Castagna, and Vestigard in the back. Then he's got uh, Sun, Zaha, Phil Foden, and Kevin De Bruyne in the midfield. And then Alexander Lacazette, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and Patrick Bamford up top. Um and then on the bench, he's got uh, Allison, he's got Seamus Coleman, Lucas Mora, and uh, Dunn, who plays for Burnley, um, a defender for Burnley. Um, so Tim got a lot of production. He captained Sun, so he got a lot of production out of Sun this week. Um, obviously, having Zaha and Bamford were two just, like, great picks. Um, I don't think... We need to say anything more about Zaha, but those Bamford goals looked incredible. Did you get to watch those? Yeah, I caught, um, I'm pretty sure I caught at least a couple of them. The The last two looked great. I mean, they're the. I think the third one where he like, um, he kind of shifted onto his right foot and then poked it with his left foot and curled it in. Yeah. Just inc- that, that was just an incredible goal to cap off the hat trick. I mean, um I'm. I was surprised that at those goals, I didn't think he'd be that much of a finisher. Yeah, it was incredible. Like those, that moment. I think it was in the third goal. I think you were just alluding to it, where like he he receives the ball in the box, and because no one wants to like go in and like accidentally like get his legs and kind of draw a penalty, no one really like goes in for the challenge. Like Tyrone Mings is just kind of standing there, and he just like flicks the ball, uh, yeah. into the corner of the net. Amazing. Yeah, so fun wild. to watch. Um, yeah, and he, I mean, he looks great and like really looks to be the point of attack for that really like vibrant, very aggressive Leeds team. So I could, I could see lots of goals coming from him, not just over the next couple weeks, but over the the course of the season. Oh yeah, definitely a good pick by Tim. I, I definitely think he's got to be holding on to him for a while. Um, 
Yeah, and he even vice captained him, which was a, uh, which was pretty interesting. I if, know. Imagine it had he captained him. Oh my gosh! I mean, you you could probably count on one hand the number of people who captained Patrick Bamford going into this game week. <laughs> yeah, probably, and they're probably all Leeds fans. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um. Uh. I maybe something we can talk about is a situation that a lot of us found ourselves in that Tim also found himself in, which is the Kevin De Bruyne situation. And the kind of will he, won't he of whether he would end up playing, then he ended up getting subbed on late in the game. Um, what was your thinking in terms of leaving him? Because I, I believe you left him on the field, right? Yeah, I left him. And we can, we'll can we get that. Uh, we'll go into more detail when we get to my team. But I saw that a Pep had said in a either in a press conference or something that that I think he would be start start training again on like that Thursday or Friday and uh, that he may or may not feature. He didn't allude because there were several players that were injured and he didn't say which ones were going to feature or not. Mm-hmm. So I thought if he's training, um, I'm going to keep him because if he comes on, they're playing West Ham, right? They played West Ham. Yeah. Like if he even comes on for like 20 minutes, there's still a chance that he gets a return. And if it's not a serious injury and it doesn't appear to look like one, I'm going to want him for like, the next game week anyway after so i'm just gonna hold on to him yeah so i'm glad i did and um we'll see what happens with him but yeah only got one point from de bruyne this week uh yeah but i mean he didn't need he didn't need de bruyne points no 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 <laughs> and i think i think it was it, for me it was a really interesting mental calculation which was like because my option was to have um cliche from Leeds um in the midfield instead of de bruyne and it was like, okay, let's let's think if De Bruyne gets subbed on for like 15 minutes. Would I rather have 15 minutes of De Bruyne or a full 90 from Cliche? And I I honestly think I would rather yeah. have 15 minutes of De Bruyne most yes. of the time. Yes. Um, and I think actually that game like really bore out how important De Bruyne will be to Man City this year. Because, um, yeah, they didn't look great without him on the field. And I think Pep will have to lean on him more heavily than ever this season if he wants to get anywhere close to the top. So I think that that can only be good for people who have Kevin De Bruyne. That's my thinking, at least. Yeah, I think so, too. As long as Pep doesn't play him too deep. There's been some games where he just doesn't get very far forward, and I think that that's probably a direct order from Pep. But you got to think that with the lack of forward options um, and the lack of attacking options right now, he's got to play as far forward as possible to to allow them to be a little bit more creative. So, yeah, I think Kevin's still a hold for now, but um, I think that there are some other weaknesses in Tim's team, though, Yeah. Um, regardless of having a, a, a an incredible game week. Yeah, um, I, I mean... What so, do you think? I, I don't love the Serge Aurier in the back pick. Obviously. Hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he. Sorry, Tim. I don't think he even started. Uh, and I mean, he's not a terribly good defender. Um, he's got a red card shout in him every single game, and he plays for a Spurs Mourinho team that a- apparently is just going to be leaking goals, which is kind of surprising and not what you typically think from Mourinho. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that. I don't know. Serge Aurier is not that great, but also Spurs in general. Spurs defense, I don't love. Yeah. 
I think you would be better off with almost anyone else back there than Sir Joy. <laughs> Personally. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think so. So I think that's one place you could look. Yeah. Um, what do you th- I don't know. What do you think I mean, about... He's got a pretty decent team, though. What do you think about Lacazette up top? I think that's an interesting one. I, I don't know. I, did, I haven't watched Arsenal in the last couple weeks or so. They apparently don't look that good. Have you seen them play at all? I mean, I know Lacazette plays up front in, in, in the central role and Aubameyang's out wide, but I think if they're struggling, Lacazette might get dropped and Aubameyang's going to come into the central striker position. So I think you got to watch out for that. Yeah. I think my read on them is that they have so many like players coming in and so many moving parts that uh, with Lacazette, I worry from week to week whether he's even going to play. You know, like because there are yeah. lots of versions of Arsenal where Lacazette doesn't get into the starting eleven and doesn't really make sense to come on as a sub unless they're behind. Um, so I kind of like it's a little bit in, of an uncertain pick and I think it could pay off really nicely because obviously he's a great player and scores a lot of goals when he has time on the field. But I, I'm i a little bit worried that he's ultimately not going to get that much playing time. Yeah, I really like him as a player. I think he's great. Yeah. I just, um, obviously he's kind of battling time for, or battling time and spots for, um, with Aubameyang, and then also it's yeah, like you said, it's a new team, uh, lots of changes in the midfield and um, defense. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, don't 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 love it, but I don't think it's necessarily your top priority. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but if you have someone maybe that you want to bring in, like Kane or somebody like that, then I would I would say just go for it. Yeah, and I think this is like made more particular by the fact that Lacazette is like eight and a half million or 8.5 or whatever in fantasy league or in premier league. So like, yeah, he's pretty expensive for someone who you're not sure week to week, whether he's even going to start. That's my thought. Yeah. At least. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I think also there's an interesting question of having an, a goalkeeper as expensive as Allison on the bench, but seems like he's going to be coming back soon yeah. so maybe that's not a big problem i don't know well i think um yeah he's been hurt but he started he he played this last game oh did he so it was the first game that he had played since he'd been hurt oh, yeah he so played the full 90 nice i think yeah i definitely think you start allison from now on instead of darlow from newcastle <laughs> newcastle oh poor newcastle yeah. I, I feel i feel for them you know at sucks i'm sure it sucks being a newcastle fan but they don't look they don't look terrible but they don't look good either they're kind of in that position that everton was in for years and years it seems like where they're they're clearly not going to go down but they're also just like so stuck in that like 10th 11th position um it seems pretty i don't know there's a chance that they go down really you think so i think there's a chance like i don't think that they will just because there's some other teams that are worse yeah but there's always a possibility i mean yeah, they picked up Callum Wilson and Frazier, and they've got like a decent attack, but their defense is not that good. Um, and I mean, even Fraser and Wilson, they were on Bournemouth who went down, so it's not like they're you know so good that they can keep the team up. So yeah. I don't know. Just I think they're I think they'll definitely be worried if they don't pick up you know if they don't have a good 
run of form for a little bit, um, they might get worried or come around Christmas time. If they're not in a good position, they may, they may struggle. So, yeah, I, I think they're enough. I want them to do well. Cause I like uh, St. Maximin and Almiron. Yeah. Um, Almiron looks amazing. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets so a move good. somewhere pretty soon. He's yeah. He's really good. I wish he'd go to a different team. <laughs> So you don't you don't I have don't to know. see him playing with a John Joe <laughs> Shelby or whoever. I like the idea of Newcastle. I like their players. They're just not good. <laughs> I like John Joe Kenny. He's cool, but I mean not John Joe Kenny. Sorry, um, John Joe Shelby. I like John Joe Shelby, but I don't know. I like their players in theory much more than the the idea of all of them are are better than they actually <laughs> are. I think. Yeah, I think that's yeah, totally so. true. Yeah. Oh man! Anything else you you want to say about Tim's team before we move on? I don't think so, man. Just uh, really, I guess, try to capture this momentum and make some uh, make some good moves um, to continue this form. And maybe you'll maybe you'll surpass Wyatt. Who knows? Yeah, I would love. You're still you're still what was this, forty points behind. But I mean, with a game week like this, he almost. He almost had forty more points than Wyatt anyway. Yeah, so. and we're we're so, so early getting, in the season that you never know what could happen. He could uh, he could have a couple of nice weeks like this yeah. one and be right there for second yeah. place. Yeah, 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 definitely. But moving on to a player currently tied with Tim in points is uh, Taylor Harris Hugo Weaving Wood M. Um, so you were so <laughs> this is kind of the opposite of Tim. Um, <laughs> Tim had the most. Tim had the most points in our in our league. You had the least amount of points in our league for this That's week. That's true. Um, and that, I think, honestly, had even if he had still had a big game week, had you had a little bit more production, obviously you would have stayed on top and stayed in third. But as of right now, you're tied. So let's take a look at your team and see what did happen. <laughs> Um, and then we'll talk about all the things that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it was it was not a good week for me. I'll, I'll just throw that out there. Not a good week for you. Um, literally, the only returns you had were from two players. Yes. <laughs> you had uh, Mac- Alex McCarthy from Southampton. Good game. Which, sur- a, kind of, I would say, a surprising clean sheet. So, you, in a way, you kind of squeaked it out with that. Um, and then Jimenez brought you nine points. So that was like another classic Wolves game, a 1-0 win for Wolves with a Jimenez goal. And it seems like anytime Jimenez scores, he just racks up the bonus points too. So you had, you had 15 points from McCarthy and Jimenez. And then you had 14 points from everyone else. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So not great. I mean, you obviously you had Liverpool didn't keep a clean sheet. Aston Villa, got destroyed by leads. Um, Wolves didn't do great other than the Jimenez goal, so you didn't get any netto points. Um, and then let's talk about let's talk about this. Okay. This is the one thing I wanted to talk to you yeah. about. Aubameyang. <laughs> you captained Aubameyang um, for, let's see. I've always captained him, I think, every week. Let me check. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the only week you didn't captain him was when Jimenez got a zero pointer. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but it doesn't matter because Aubameyang only had two that week anyway. But yeah, you've captained Aubameyang every week since, uh, other than that. So you haven't had a return from him since game week 
two. <laughs> so what? Obviously, this is like a big, big move. Had it paid yeah. off, would have been great. But that was a risky move. One to keep him in the squad. Two to captain him. What? What are you thinking <laughs> right now? I mean, this is definitely like a therapy time because like I I have so many memories from last season of Obama Yang just like getting me points week after week and captaining him every week and that really paying off for me last year. Um and this year I just always expect that to be the case. Like obviously he's an incredible player, one of the best players in the Premier League playing on a team that is a little bit uncertain, but still gets the ball like in the opponent's half, like very, very large portions of the game. Um, And it's, I think on paper it all works, but you're right. It's just not working so far. And I cannot bring myself to make a switch to someone more conventional, like Salah or whatever. Um, Although I think I'm going to have to just because it's really dragging my team down. Um, like, and I think it would have to be that kind of a switch. I, it would have to be like a, a like for like, get out, like get him out of the squad, get a really expensive player. Like really the only ones who I could bring in at that caliber are Salah or, you know, I mean, Sun would be cheaper. I, I'm not, I don't want to pick up Sun and this is maybe my contrarian streak showing, but I, I just yeah. have a feeling it's gonna, it's not gonna last that much longer. Uh, with Sun. <laughs> this is a classic uh, FPL <laughs> dilemma, isn't it? It's just like it's it it is it is the it is the core the core decision making of of transfers. Like, do you think this will continue or not? And I'll be honest, I've played seriously i guess quote unquote seriously meaning i've finished an entire season like and kept an eye on it for the most part um for maybe like three seasons now this might be my fourth third or fourth season to like really play um and i it it took me probably two or three seasons like to realize like if something's not working out you have to just go with the player that is And that I, I will get to my team, but I did bring in Sun. Um, and it worked. It, it worked, and I don't love having him. I understand the contrarian. You want to be different. You want to have the player that no one else has, and you're going to captain him, and you're going to haul, and you're going to shoot up the ranks, and you're going to be the top of the table. But you've also got to keep in mind that not everyone – like your entire team is going to be a lot different than the entire team of someone else. So you do have to make those sacrifices um, and pick up the player that everyone else has, unfortunately. And um, yeah, that's just something that you have to do sometimes. I think you have a good team. Um, I think he's obviously the biggest, like the biggest weakness of your team for sure. No, I, I definitely agree. I think it would be silly to disagree. Um, I think I might hold off one week before making that move just because they've got Man United coming up yeah. this week. Um, and obviously, Man United's <sighs> defense um, is not good. So, But Taylor, if you do that, then then he has Aston Villa, Leeds, and Wolves. And not- which Wolves are, not, Wolves are not great, but he's got Aston Villa and Leeds who both could 
who both could put a who both could like leak some goals. Like you, I could easily see Arsenal scoring a couple goals now. Maybe not in their current form. So I don't know. It. I mean, it's not a bad run, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I just feel like he's had a, a tough run of fixtures so far. Like the last ones were Leicester, Man City, Sheffield United, and mm-hmm. Liverpool, and he hasn't scored. Like, yeah. Now he's got United, <clears throat> which might be good. But then, like, are you really going to want to get rid of him for Aston Villa? <laughs> it's like, you're <laughs> no, going to keep doing this until... I don't want to tell you what to do, but you're going to keep doing this until it's, like, way too late. <laughs> so, yeah, totally. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, it, it's it, it's going to happen where you sell him and he immediately scores a brace. Like, it's just going to yeah. happen. And you just have to know that it's going to happen and be okay with it. And then you can make the transfer. So, you have to, like, get that hurdle in your mind. You got to... Uh, you gotta come you gotta jump that but it's hard it's so hard it is so (laughs) hard we'll see if it actually happens if i can will myself into yeah a couple more a couple more things you made two transfers going into this week that i wanted to talk about and uh get your ideas on on how you think those played out and um how you think they're going to play out long term so you and you kind of mentioned this I think you mentioned both of these moves, maybe, um, or at least one of them for sure, uh, last week. So, is his name Jack Harrison from Leeds? Jack Harrison? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You transferred him out and brought in a like for like, pretty much, as close as you can get. Brought in another Leeds midfielder. Um, I don't know the first name, but his last name is Cleesh or Click. I think it's like Matthias, maybe. So, uh, you brought him in, and then you also, so basically Leeds for Leeds swap, and then you transferred out. James Ward Prowse for Neto from Wolves. Um, tell yeah. me about those moves and what do you think about them now? I I honestly feel really good about both those moves. Um, I so the Neto move I kind of spoke about at length last time, and of course James Ward Prowse scores a goal this past weekend. But you know, there's nothing I can do about that, um, and nothing about the way Wolves played this weekend makes me regret that Neto decision. I still think he is going to be in the mix on a lot of goals. Um, the the cliche click, I don't know how to pronounce yeah. him. I think it's cliche, but me it might either. be click. Um, switch for Harrison came as a result of watching a lot of Leeds games. And I picked up Harrison like the first week after watching their first game just because he like is all over the place. He so he plays like I believe on the left side of the field. Left winger, I think. And is just like up and down the field all game, extremely energetic. Um sending the ball in from the from wide positions. And uh I was like, "Oh, this guy's going to get a ton of assists. Oh, bring him in. He'll kind of get me a solid couple of points each game, which I think it like could still happen for him over the course of the season." But what I've seen is less often than he's like sending a ball in and that ball gets headed in for a goal. The way they seem to want to produce is like he sends a ball in and then it gets knocked around. It goes to a couple different people um, and they score or they score from a more central position. Um, And so he's kind of gets removed from the from the assists and he's not in a position. He's not in the box to score goals very often, whereas Cleek is a more central uh midfielder and i see him scoring many more goals than harrison it probably getting fewer assists but 
Um, especially as someone who, if Kevin De Bruyne stays healthy, will mostly be on the bench for me. I think it it makes it makes sense for me. Yeah, I think that's. Um, I think you definitely upgraded from Harrison to Cleish. I think that's an upgrade for sure because Cleish is also on cool. penalties, I believe. So yeah, I think that's so. going to be that's I don't a think huge. I've seen them take a that's penalty, a huge actually. driving point, especially this season. I know earlier in the season, everyone was like, "Just load up on penalty takers" because there were so many penalties. Um, yeah. it's kind of calmed down a little bit, I think, which is good because yeah. it was getting outrageous. But regardless, he is on an attacking team um, in Leeds, and he's going to get penalties every now and then. I I think that's a good, especially he's not that expensive, so I think that's a good that's a good move. Um, what about the? Yeah, uh, you still feel good about uh, shipping out James Ward Prowse, even though what happened this week? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think all of the reasons why I shipped him out still apply. Um, and yeah, I, I don't have any regrets about that personally. Gotcha. Cool. Well, what do you? Um, is there anything in particular you're looking at doing um, as far as transfers go next week? Are you going to get rid of Aubameyang? I know you have some more thinking to do about that, but um, yeah, yeah, is there yeah. anything else that you're like wanting to do immediately? Um, I mean, I'm on the fence about um, David Louise. Like, obviously, he, I still have him in. He's definitely a defender who sco- like scores a lot of points, kind of traditionally, just because like lots of headers is in the mix on every corner kick basically um so he scores a lot of points and i really like having him in that my defense for that reason um i'm still a little bit on the fence obviously he seems to be injury prone this season and um at for the reasons we've already talked about arsenal don't seem to be generating a ton at the moment so that's like one place i'm thinking i've got connor cody um so it would make sense for me just to sub connor cody in get rid of David Louise and maybe uh, upgrade one of my other positions, maybe a Neil Mopay or someone like that. Um, so that's like one kind of switch I'm thinking about, but I, I, I've got my midfield at a place that I'm happy with. And I, uh, with the exception of the Obama Yang thing, and I feel pretty good about my forwards. Um, obviously Neil Mopay is kind of a value, a low value or low cost pick. Um, but Jimenez and Calvert Lewin, I'm so happy with. So it's that David Louise pick that maybe I'm thinking about. I don't know that I'll pull the trigger this week, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you've got Cody, Mings, and Robertson. I think those are really good picks, to be honest. I mean, obviously, Tyrone Mings got a zero-pointer this week after playing Patrick Bamford. Um, but I think he's a good pick long-term. I think Robertson's still a fine pick. And yeah, if you just put Cody in, I think that's decent. So yeah, I, I think you can just put David Louise on the bench, especially because they have some bad fixtures coming up. Just throw him on the bench and not, don't worry about it. Um, he's not so expensive that you're going to regret like not selling him or anything like that to, to fund other yeah. moves. But honestly, if I were you, I'd probably get rid of Aubameyang. <laughs> but uh, we, won't, <laughs> no, we totally. won't rehash that. <laughs> um, but yeah interesting i still love that you have peacock feral it's worth mentioning again um, he's actually i think he's actually the third string <laughs> he might uh, be because yeah because uh they burnley also have joe hart do you want to talk about burnley at all is it even worth talking about burnley i mean i don't really want to talk about burnley yeah same okay um all right anything else you want to talk about your team 
or you want to move on? Uh, no, I think I'm good. All right, cool. Um, all right, well, then I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk about the team that's in fifth place, six points behind Tim and Taylor, who are in third and fourth, respectively, um, is William Spicer's Spice B. Duncan. Um, had 49 points, same as Wyatt Keener. Again, the average was 48, so you're right on par with pretty much everyone else. Um, so let's dive into Spicer's team. Let me pull it up, and we'll get into it. So another <laughs> somehow another monster haul from his game uh, from his goalie. Yeah. Um, if you remember last week, he had I think a ten or eleven pointer from Nick Pope, and he had Schmeichel on his bench. And we told him that he needs to get rid of Schmeichel or Pope, and like you know downgrade Schmeichel and upgrade someone else. He didn't listen to us. Instead, he played Michael, <laughs> and it paid off. He got 10 points from it. Yeah. So um, props to you, Spicer. Um, that was an incredible, incredible big brain move right there. Um, didn't didn't pay attention to us. Um, decided to do his own thing, and it worked. Um, some more points came from Harry Maguire from United. Obviously, a boring nil-nil draw with Chelsea. Um and then some more points. Um, Diogo Jota from Liverpool, some more points there. It looks like Jota is going to get more playing time than I thought he would, to be honest. Yep. I was surprised to see him in the squad even when Mane was fit. I thought he was going to be a Mane replacement. But he's one to keep an eye on um, if he's going to keep playing like this, and he's in decent form right now. Um, and then he got he also has Jimenez, got a nine-pointer from Jimenez. Captain Sterling didn't come off. I can't blame you for captaining Sterling. Yeah, I, he, Sterling looked pretty good. He easily is the best attacker right now on um, on City, at least as far as form goes. And they played West Ham, who you really thought they would have handled a little bit more, but with their injuries, it just it just didn't really pay off. And you got they got a lucky goal from not maybe not lucky, but a goal from Phil Foden, and there there it is. So um, I think. We haven't touched on this. Oh, maybe we have, but Spice also got a negative two from Luca Dean. Um, mm-hmm. So that's definitely something he's going to be looking into. But overall, did pretty decently. I still think that there's some um, room to grow, but what do you think about Spice's team and how they did this week? Yeah, I thought they did really well. Like I, I think the Diego Jada pick is really interesting. Because it, it almost is like a Man City situation where they have that extra attacker who will start some games and have some games where he comes in off the bench. But he'll get in the game, I would say, most most of the games during the season, whether it's starting or coming in as a sub. And he looks very good. And I I think it's a really cool pick. Like I love the idea of having him on on uh on a fantasy team just because he looks really really kind of um potent around goal he plays he seems to be playing off of the other forwards really well which is something that i think i was a little bit worried about like how is he going to mix in with these firmino and mane and salah who are so kind of set in the way they interact with one another but he seems to be sliding right in and i think it's really it's a cool pick and so it paid off this week um 
it's not going to be a thing where every week you're going to get consistent points from him, I wouldn't say, but I think you'll have weeks like this where it'll make it, it'll make it at least mostly worth it, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I agree. I think that's an incredible pick. Um, he is a different, a differential. I don't think anyone in our league has him, anyone else. So anytime no. you get points with him, um, yeah. you're going to gain ground in some way. Um, and also just in general, He's only owned by out of all of the players in the world. He's only owned by one point nine percent. Wow! So definitely like a rogue move by Spicer that looks to be a pretty decent pick right now. Um, yeah, I think I think. Oh, he's also only six point three million. So he's yeah, I mean- incredibly cheap. So if I think if people realized like how many points he, I mean, how many minutes he would have gotten, especially at the start, like at the start of the season within game week three, he was already starting to come on and then he started in game week four. So like had people known he was going to play more, I think people would have considered him at the beginning of the year more. Um, So great, great move by Spice bringing him in a little while ago. Yeah. And if you told, I think if you told most people in the game, you could have, a player who gets really consistent minutes probably averages like uh, 50 minutes a game for the best team in the league, essentially, um, in an attacking position for 6.3 million. You would go for that every day of the week. Yeah, well, except Liverpool's not the best team in the league. Everton is, so... Uh... <laughs> I'm thinking, thinking uh, from a linear uh, linear championship uh, yeah. perspective, perhaps. Sure, sure. <laughs> Maybe not even they were the best last year, but no, I I definitely agree. I mean, yeah, having getting a having an attacking midfielder in Liverpool's attack for six point three million, and I think he started probably at six point five or six point zero. I don't remember. I don't know which way he's gone up or down. Um, Probably down. He probably started at six point five, and then he didn't play the first two weeks, so probably people dropped him, and he's dropped. So, um, I think that's an exciting, uh, an exciting. Um, an exciting pick. Now, I wanted to talk. Uh, Spicer also made two transfers. Let's get into transfers. Yeah. Um, for this week, and then maybe what he could do for next week. Um, I think these moves are com- are incredibly shrewd. I think these are great moves. Um, Van Dyke obviously was hurt. He transferred him out and brought in Tyrone Mings. Obviously, again, he didn't pay off this week. But I think Aston Villa's defense still looks good. I think they'll be good. Um, and I think uh, Tyrone Mings will get the occasional header like you mentioned last week. So I think that's an incredibly good pick, and you saved a lot too. Um, so I think that's a great move. And then obviously De Bruyne was flagged, was iffy on whether or not he was going to play. So Spicer uh, transferred him out and brought him in a like-for-like with Raheem Sterling, which I thought was a great way to... Um, hold on to some Man City attack for that West Ham game um, without, um, you know, without, you're not really losing too much. You're, you're, you can, it's basically a lateral swap. Like I thought that was a really, really um, interesting tactic from him. Yeah. Um, Those moves didn't play out, but they, I think they will in the long term. at least in the next five to six weeks, I think you'll slowly start to see that those moves are, are pretty decent. Um, what do you think about those moves? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think especially about the Sterling move, um, Sterling for De Bruyne. Like Sterling seems to be the only set piece in that 
Man City attacking force right now. The one who is staying healthy and is kind of consistently getting chances. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's a great move. I I've got nothing against that. Um, and I think a couple of players didn't pay off for you this week, as we mentioned. Um, I think you got a little bit unlucky that Kane was the one with the assist rather than the goal this week, but um, on any other week that could be reversed. Um, so yeah, I think only good things for Spicer. Um, and I, I think 49 points is definitely feels like a floor rather than like any kind of median for him. Yeah, I think so. And especially with this particular week, um, it looked like it was going to be an incredibly low scoring week um, until Monday, until Spurs played and, you know, Sun and Kane got points. Then it kind of brought everyone's average up. Um, So, yeah, I think 49 is honestly a good good, um, points total this week. So... Um, I definitely think you can capitalize on some things, though, like Luca Dean being out. Um, you could transfer him out. Um, some I think your attack is is not bad, um, but where are some other places that you think he could improve? Yeah, I mean, I still don't love having Kuyate in the midfield, but I totally get it at five five pounds, like you got to have some places like that where you're just going to, you know, get a start and 90 minutes from a player. Um, And if you're willing to kind of tank up at other parts of the field, then I don't have too much of a problem with that. Well, I have a problem with it. (laughs) Okay, a little transparency here. Taylor told me that we should be a little bit more confrontational. (laughs) <laughs> that we were a little too gentle last week. So, um, I I really don't like this Kuyate pick. Um, at five million, you can. He's someone that you want. First of all, a five million midfielder is probably you don't necessarily want to have to start them every week. Um, they're great for coming off the bench. Um, in general, that spot, I think, is is what I typically think of as my first bench option. Mm. Now, also, um, while he does play a lot, I don't know if he still does, but for a while there, he was playing center back, or at least in the defense. I don't yeah. know if he still plays in the defense, but he's at least a defensive midfielder, and that's just a rule of thumb that I go by, is never pick a defensive midfielder, yeah. especially if they're playing in the defense. You never want to pick a player that's... Um, playing in real life further back than where they are because he's not getting clean. Well, he's getting one clean sheet point, but if he's playing in defense, if he was classified as a defender, then he would get those four points for a clean sheet rather than just one. I, I just don't think that that's a good move. Um, and there are some other players that you could go with that are maybe like 5.5. Hey, um, some leads a, players. How about Miguel Almiron for 5.8? Miguel Almiron. Um, Not bad. I think that might be honestly a little bit more expensive than I would want to pay for Almiron just because Newcastle haven't looked great. Um, What are some some other players? I mean, I think Cleish is like 5.5 or at least was for a while. I don't know what you brought him in at, but a a penalty taker for Leeds, I think think Cleish would be a good pick. Yeah. but 
I don't know. I think I feel like he's probably got to have money in the bank because he doesn't have like any like he only has two like big hitters with Sterling and Kane. I think he can probably upgrade somewhere else. And yeah. I think he's got to have some more money. He's probably he's probably holding. He's, sitting, he's probably got a little like, savings account sitting on like five he's pounds probably, or something like yeah, that. Saving a rainy day fund, so he can <laughs> he can surprise some somebody this week. He can bring some major move in i don't know yeah but i don't i definitely think kuyate either you upgrade or you or you move him to the first bench option and upgrade someone else like i don't really like it yeah and that's a good point just about fantasy premier league in general is like it values certain kinds of players and there are some sorts of positions especially that just kind of fall through the the cracks in terms of points like a a good like even the best defensive midfielder in the game is not going to score you very many fantasy points like a Ingolo Conte or someone like that will never will never do much for you yeah and let me hamburger this with um uh after the bad news some more good news um or at least some inspirational things here Spice I know that you dropped a couple places you were in was he in fourth or third he was in fourth he was right behind me oh okay I know you dropped a place Tim Tim uh jumped up but you gained some more ground on taylor and you're still a good chunk away from me i think with another good week and uh some more shrewd moves like you had this past week i think that you will um get back to the mid table in third or fourth um within a week or two so i think that's definitely a possibility for you so keep it up brother brother um (laughs) all right uh let's uh move on to talking about uh, Evan, your team, that is Ancelotti and Tapasti, um, unfortunately slipping to last place, but as we mentioned, um, and I think this is true for several of the teams in the league, but I think particularly for your team and perhaps for my team, like hit kind of hit our floors this week. Like it, it can't get much worse for us than, than it went this week. Um, so I think we can both take a little bit of comfort from that. Um, especially <laughs> cause you got 11 points from sun and I'm just looking at what the experience of this week must have been like, because that literally happened at four, like in the four o'clock game on Monday. And so up until the four o'clock game on Monday, you had nine points from Jimenez, but everyone else uh, was either one, two or three points. Um, and I can just imagine that must have been a miserable experience watching over the weekend. It was. Um, specifically on Sun, we can get to the, the rest of my team, but specifically on Sun, I was very torn. Um, earlier in, so after the game week um, kicked off, um, I wanted to see how I was going to fare against um, the rest of the players in the league. And I know that most people, at least, at least probably like half of the league, has a Spurs player. Um, but I noticed that at least a couple people captained Sun. Um, and I did not captain son. I vice captained him. I had captain Salah. So I was really torn on what, whether or not I wanted son to even score hmm. to get points for my team, because I knew that other people in our league were going to get double points. So it was really tough, um, to try to figure out, I, I, you know, you can't do anything. You just got to let it play out as it is. Um, but yeah, it was a really weird it was really weird going into that last day, knowing I didn't have very many points, knowing that if I wanted to have a decent week, Sun was going to be the one to have to score, but also the other players in our league already have Sun, and 
they've captained him. So I, I can't really gain ground. So it was kind of, it, I did not watch that game. <laughs> um, it wasn't a very, fun I just, game I, yeah, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I thought one of the funniest things about your team this week to me was like, you brought in son, obviously because he's like red hot dropped, yeah. dropped, uh, James, which must've been tough for you as an Everton, uh, <sighs> fan. And that then, was, that but, was hard. but you didn't, have enough faith in son to captain him going into the week so i was like i'll bring him in but i'm not gonna captain him yeah no i mean, it was hard dropping james not only because i like him um but also because i didn't think he was gonna play because mm. carlo said that he had been injured and then he said he might not play well i transferred him out and then the next day he said i think that friday morning i transferred him out on thursday night i think and then on Friday morning, he said, oh, he's recovered well. He might play. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God. I swear, if Son doesn't if Son doesn't score and James, like, even returns at all, I'm going to be furious. Yeah. Because I, that's easily – I could have kept James and I would have gained ground on everyone else. But it, it, in the end, it wasn't – in the end, it wasn't, like, a terrible move. I think I'm going to hold on to Son for a little while anyway. So, um, overall, I'm happy with it. It could have been – diabolical though yeah yeah it uh that really staved off disaster for you i would say that sun move so um congrats on that and i think i think you've done the thing that i am just gonna have to bite the bullet and do at some point soon which is is just uh kind of kill your darlings i guess really um is what it comes down to yeah and while i'm ranting let me go ahead i'll turn it back over to you in just a second i want to say that I really had the opportunity here to gain some major ground. Yeah. Um, I did because early on, so the, the three places I was, well, yeah, the three places I was looking for were um, a Salah captaincy. So Salah, Liverpool against Sheffield. Sheffield had looked horrendous. So I figured Salah would get something. And, he, and then obviously that didn't happen. He got two points, so I got a total of four. So that was one of the that was like the biggest place I thought I could gain some ground, especially when I saw a couple of other people captaining Salah. I mean, Sun. I was like, if Salah scores and Sun doesn't, I'm flying. That didn't happen. Um, then Jack Grealish, who I think uh, you also have, and maybe one other person has. But I thought if he scores, there's another place I can at least gain some ground because he's not a super highly owned person. He had a shot cleared off of the goal line. Yeah, totally. In a game that I was watching, that was on Friday. So that didn't set off the weekend right. <laughs> then I had... Um, actually, there were four places. Um, the third... Another place I thought I could gain ground was with Jimenez and Potence, with Wolves. Um, that Jimenez kind of came off. I got non-points, and that was great. Potence, again... Um, taken off around the 60th minute so yeah that's something that we'll need to i'll need to address later um but not as many points as i i thought i might get in order to get make up some ground yeah even though it, it was kind of it, it kind of was good but the biggest thing that i think going into um monday obviously was brighton playing west brom i have Tariq lamptey and ryan and I didn't watch the games on Monday, yeah. but this is after everything else has happened um, except Sun points. So I figured Sun is going to play, and whatever happens, happens. I can't gain ground from Sun. But if I have my two Brighton defenders keep a clean sheet 
everything will be great. I'll get 12 points from them. I'll make up some ground. It'll be a fine and game. And it was against West Brom. You would have thought they would be able to keep a clean sheet. Yes. I checked in the second half. It was around the 60th minute. And they had a clean sheet. It was zero. It was one zero. I was like, okay, this is going to happen. I can do this. And uh, and then come to find out, I checked later, and then West Brom had scored in the 83rd minute. Freaking Carlin Grant or whoever. Yeah. Like, really? And so that it just kind of was like the dagger in all of these places. I could have made up ground, and then Brighton just stabbed me right in the heart. Yeah. So it was unfortunate, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, totally. And I think end rant. End rant. <laughs> I think you you hit on something that I wanted to talk about at some point, which was the potence situation. Because I, I I don't know if you feel this way because we talked about kind of potence versus Neto last week, and I watched the Wolves game through that kind of lens of who do I feel better about owning? And I, I don't know. I feel better about owning Pedro Neto than I do potence. I don't. I love Potence, <laughs> man. Did you watch the game? He's so good. I mean, he's good. He is so good. Uh, yeah, fair, but I mean, he's not Pedro Neto, like, kind of pinging off of uh, off of Jimenez in the same way. He's not, but his he is just a bag of tricks. He is so good. Like, even if I get rid of him, I'm still going to, like, enjoy watching him play. Like, I won't be that upset to watch him do well because I just think he's so good. Like, I don't know. I, I think he's one, He's probably my favorite player on Wolves. He's incredible. Here's what I came away from that though, with was like, he seems like another one of those players who might fall through the cracks points-wise. Like, he sets up a lot of their attacks. But I don't, I don't see him scoring or like assisting a lot, if that makes sense. You know, like being instrumental in the attack, but not necessarily cashing in on the attack. Yeah, and that's that's probably what it's going to end up being. And especially if he gets hooked at 60, 50, 60 minutes every game, yeah. um, that's something to, to worry because about. Because they do, they have, I think they took him off for like Ruben Neves, right? Like, and Ruben Neves is a great player and started most of last yeah. year. Or maybe Traore, I don't remember who. Uh, I think Traore started. Okay. Um, but yeah, so um, like they've, real quick, they've got an attacker. Real quick. Yeah. Before we move on, can I go to the bathroom? Totally. <laughs> all right. So, how are we going to do it when I get back? We're going to clap. Yeah, or something? we'll clap again, I guess. Okay. All right. I'll be back in a sec.
Okay, I'm back. He's back. Sorry. No, no worries. All right. Um, all right, let's clap again, maybe. Okay. All right. Uh, one, two, three. Awesome. I think we did pretty good that time. Yeah. All, all right. right. Uh, uh, is there anything else uh, you want to say about your team? I thought, um, again, we talked about some of your other kind of players last time, especially Ryan Brewster and Kyle Walker-Peters, but... I mean, just uh, it was it was a floor this this week, and I don't think you can expect to be scoring those few points um, consistently. So I think things things can only get better. Yeah, I I think I'm fine with my team. Um, although I'm I've been thinking about a couple of players. Yeah. So uh, let's maybe if you want to, we can talk about uh, my transfers or at least what yeah. I'm thinking about in the future. Tell me. Um, so. I really want Wilfred Zaha. Don't we all? Yes, and so I'm really thinking about upgrading Potence to Zaha, um, but that would require me downgrading um, probably Alexander Arnold. Okay. Which I kind of think I kind of think I'm going to. That seems do. to make sense to me. So if that's the case, I would have Zaha, Salah, De Bruyne, Son, and that Grealish in my so midfield. Good. And I'm very excited about that, but. That's amazing. I made I made my I used two free transfers last week, so I only have one free transfer. So that would require me to take a hit of negative four points in order to bring both of those in for okay. this week. So I don't think I, I'm I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I might um, transfer out Alexander Arnold and downgrade him this week because they uh, is it this week that I'm going to do that? You know what? I might actually do. I might actually just hold and just do the double move next week. So we'll see. I really okay. want Wilfred Zaha though. So yeah, I think Potence is going to is going to have to go. Yeah. I I mean, I understand whenever I see the Crystal Palace jersey and the name Zaha Ugh. under it, I'm just like, "Oh, man. I need you on I my know. team." I know. If you if you if you purchase him, I will wear my Wilfred Zaha jersey oh, yes. next week. Oh, yes. Okay, cool. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I've got a lot to think about. Um, and I think I might be fine with my team this week. We'll just have to see. It's just something I'm thinking about. Um, what is there anything? Is there any other weakness that you see in my team that maybe I could have either done better this week, like played a different person, or maybe I should consider playing somebody more, or is there someone else that I should transfer out and, or bring in? I mean, I don't know. It's It's hard to make decisions based on this week. Because I think a lot of teams played abnormally, um, especially teams towards the top. And so I'm a little bit hesitant to suggest changes based purely on what was a pretty crappy week all around. Yeah. Um, I do I do think, like, if Southampton keeps playing well, maybe you, just like a really simple thing, just switch out Mitchell for... for um, yeah, Peters. I don't think I normally will play Mitchell. Um I think I only played Mitchell because they were playing Fulham. <laughs> so that's understandable, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah. And, of course, anyone else that played Mitchell, it's definitely understandable. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think I'll probably – who do Southampton play? They play Aston Villa, so. And Crystal Palace has Wolves. And those are like – I mean, that's kind of like a wash between yeah. those two teams. and then I've got like. a Burnley defender who plays Chelsea. I'm not going to play. So, yeah, I'll probably just switch out um, – 
Yeah, actually, my defenders don't look that great. <laughs> uh, they're playing some pretty tough teams, but it doesn't matter. I'm just going to yeah. end up playing Tariq Lamptey and Walker Peters instead of Mitchell. Um, get some, hopefully, get an attacking return out of one of them, and just you know, hope for the best, and hope hope that totally. my uh, my midfield and forwards can can do the business. Here's yep. hoping. Um, um, anything else awesome. on my team, or you want to move on to like what we're looking forward to this week as far as fixtures go? Yeah, I think I don't think I have anything else to say about your team this week. I think we can move uh, move on. Uh, what are you looking forward to? Any particular fixtures? Ooh, let me pull them up. All right. And I should also say I I mentioned last week anything besides Everton, and you can totally include Everton in this. Like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, no yeah. reason why. Um, why not? I'll to. definitely like. I don't know. I'm always going to be interested in Everton. Um, let's see. Um, going through this fixture list, I think I'm probably going to be most interested in I'm kind of going to be interested in honestly the Everton game will be good um, just yeah. to watch to see how we perform um, without Richarlison again and without Dean um, yeah. it, from a fantasy perspective is not good from a real life perspective is also not great but I still think we can pull out a win so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what we do there. But I think I'm going to be interested in this Leeds-Leicester game. I think that's going to be a really good totally. game. And again, I wish it wasn't on Monday. Um, so that way I could get a really good watching, a good viewing of it. But I think I think Leeds will win. Uh, I just don't rate Leicester. Yeah. I think I think Leeds will win. What do, you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think those are great picks. I will probably at least be flipping back and forth between the Leeds game because um, I typically am able to keep an eye on those Monday afternoon games. Um, I think Lester, I mean, Madison looked good when he got subbed in this past weekend and Vardy's back. So I think if you had said like two weeks ago, who would win between these two teams, I would say Leeds for sure. But now I'm not so sure. I think I think Vardy and Madison may be able to exploit that Leeds um, defense in ways that no team really since Liverpool in the first week has been able to do. Yeah, so, um, that's true. I think that could be interesting. Uh, the games I'm lo- really looking forward to are, I think Aston Villa versus Southampton could be really interesting. You're going to wake up at um, six to watch sa- that. <laughs> well, it's seven for me. Oh so yeah. That's yeah. Seven. That's true. Also, also um, the, um, time changes. So I don't know if this has affected that at all. Oh, the I time changes this that. weekend. So <laughs> I don't know. Might be even, yeah, maybe might we'll be see. even later. I guess it would make an eight, if yeah. unless this um, counts for it. I don't know, but yeah, that's a good that's a good matchup. Um, yeah, I mean Aston Villa continued to be fun to watch, um, and it'll be fun to see them play. Yeah, play a team like uh, like Southampton, who is also kind of in the ascendancy right now. And then the other game, I'm probably not going to watch but I'm interested to know what happens is the Chelsea Burnley game. <laughs> um, because that's going to be, I mean, obviously you didn't watch the, the Chelsea menu no. game, but it was, it was a little bit miserable. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> it was everything you, you said it would be. Um, and I think Burnley is, is obviously very good defensively and it'll be interesting to see basically 
Chelsea have the ball like 70% of the time and see if they can unlock a defense like that. Yeah. Like that it'll basically just be like uh like a game of World Cup with uh where Chelsea just has the ball and is always in the opponent's half and is always just trying to score. Yeah. I think that's a good that's a good point. That will be an interesting game. And honestly, I didn't mention this earlier about my team, but I'm kind of keeping an eye on Chelsea again. Um now that Pulisic is back and dude he looks so he's incredible good. man and so i'm thinking about maybe bringing him in or um kai havertz i can't i can't really i'm not in a good position to bring Werner back in but if they do well against burnley um they'll definitely you know they'll be on my radar those two players havertz and pulisic they're kind of already on my distant radar but if they do well against burnley then i'll, I'll i might actually think about bringing them in before Zaha, yeah. you know, over Zaha. That's that's going to be a tough decision. So um, Chelsea yeah. very interested in seeing how they do. Totally. It's just amazing to me how hard Christian Pulisic works, like, all the time. And it's so much fun to watch him play. Yeah, I think I'll probably watch that Spurs game too, to be honest. So um, yeah. any of you Spurs fans out there, um, if y'all want to jump in the Discord, I'll probably be watching that. But just uh, keep an eye on Slack and we'll... We'll make sure that we're all in there for it. Evan has to keep a weather eye on the Brighton defense. <laughs> I yeah, I, yeah. I, well, sneak peek. I'm probably going to captain Sun. Nice. So love, love a little conflict. That makes of it. It makes it. On. It's just going to make it more fun to watch that Spurs game, especially if I'm watching yeah. with Spurs fans. If we're all in the Discord together, it'll be fun. Especially if we've all captained them, then we'll just be flying. So. It'll be it, yeah. Totally. I think that'll be that'll be probably the thing that I'm looking forward to most besides the Everton game is maybe getting in Discord with with everybody and watch the Spurs game if that happens. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, before we head out, I wanted to close with um, a prayer, a little <laughs> <laughs> close with a prayer, a prayer for uh, Tariq Lamptey and uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Yeah. Um, but. No, a little little, little segment that, a little mini segment that I want to try at the end of of podcasts. I'm calling this mini segment uh, Dressed to the False Nines. Wow. And uh, this is going to be a little segment in which I just ask you one question about something related to the intersection of soccer and uh, clothing slash fashion. Wow, you know so much more than I do. This is intimidating. No, I just, I just want to get your thoughts. Okay. About it. All um, right. Cool. So here's my here's my dress to the false nines question. All right. How do you feel about managers when they're wearing like the kind of they're going for the like tracksuit, like puffer jacket, um, you know, uh, team merch look when they have the those clothes monogrammed? Do you know what I'm talking about? So like yes. I, I kind of know what Nuno's, you're talking about. If you have anything pulled up, show me. Um, so yeah. let me find a good picture. Yeah. So Nuno Espirito Santo is a good Nuno example. Nuno from Wolves, that manager. Yeah, he does it. I think Lam- Lampard Mourinho does it, has some, done it, right? Jose Mourinho has Jose done it Mourinho occasionally. Has done it. Um, if you want my opinion, I'm going to say that I hate it. Okay, why? Um, it just seems more of like I just. I just love the classic look of a manager that's like dressed up and looks nice. 
Um, I think it just looks a little lax. Like that's what you wear for training. That's what you wear for like friendlies um, or pre preseason matches. Um, I'm not a fan of it, to be honest. I'm not a fan of it. I like that look if like in general, I like the look, but I don't like it for managers on game day. I've, it's fine for their, their backroom staff for everyone else, but yeah. I don't like it for the manager. And, and specifically the monogramming. How do you feel about that? <laughs> the like, mo- so the monogramming. I'm, so thinking of that, thinking that's of a little Nuno bit Espiritos, Nuno Espirito Santo for just for the folks back home basically has NES on his chest, which is like pretty right dumb. across his chest. Yeah, but in big white letters. Yeah, but I mean, if you don't have a cool, um, if you don't have cool uh, initials like that, then it's not nearly as cool. Um, I'm kind of torn. I don't. I, I think it's kind of silly because like everyone has it, even like the trainers and like heck. It, I mean, it could go all the way to like the the ticketing people in the box office or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like it just like goes so far down. Like everyone has yeah. the initials. It's like. At some point, it's kind of silly, but I don't know. What What are your thoughts on all of it? I mean, I, I'm, like, also kind of torn about it. I, I don't always see, like, the reason for it. Like, I think there's a really interesting conversation to be had about which managers dress up, like you were saying, in, like, a blazer and a shirt and trousers, and which ones wear, like, the track suits and the puffer jackets and for those who vacillate between the two when they do one and when they don't do the other. But I think the monogramming specifically is just so hilarious because (laughs) it tends to be players or coaches who don't need it. Right. So like Jose Mourinho doesn't need something monogrammed. No. Frank Lampard doesn't need something monogrammed. Everyone knows who they are. And so the idea that they have their initials on their coats (laughs) is like so funny And it. And it has this like kind of school kid, like, yeah make sure you don't lose your coat like situation yeah which is is obviously very far from their reality yeah uh and their relationship with clothing so um i i've seen it kind of increase over the last couple of seasons and i'm interested to see over the next couple of seasons if it'll just end up where like everyone's got a little a little monogram on their their puffer jacket yeah we'll we'll see what happens i love that segment and it's a great name I can't wait to see <laughs> what comes comes from it. Um, Thanks in the ne- in the coming weeks. Wonderful! What a wonderful way wow. to end the podcast. What a wonderful world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Anything else you want to say, Evan? I don't think so. See you next right. week. Good luck, everyone. Yeah. I'm coming. For, I'm coming for the top, though. Let me go ahead and uh, lay that gauntlet down if I haven't already. Um, I will win the league again. So, I'm um, I'm coming for you. So yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be heated in the next few weeks if I don't get my way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I would love to get a heated version of Evan every week. <laughs> so I'm I'm a little bit hoping that you don't do well now. <laughs> I'm sure everyone is. <laughs> All right, well, have a nice week. All right, you too. See ya.